0: Oh my gosh, man. So this is going to be a real downer of a show, but it'll be a good show cuz I think we're happy to t- I don't know. I'm just I sad, you man. Be downer. Why are I'm you sad? very sad. I am so sad. Um what's many, wrong, baby many Luke? Reasons. What's wrong, baby Luke? Many many reasons. So, um okay, here's like the main thing I think right right now. Um when I'm with my wife,
1: when I'm with Everly, life is very very good. I thought you were going to say when I'm with my wife I want to be with Gomer. Go on. <laughs> Shoot, that's what I really meant. You know what I mean, baby girl. Hey, Luke, why don't you and I take a moment and do a little bit of follow-up from last week's uh, insane episode? Man,
0: so, all right, so last week um, we recorded and we had a heavy... We didn't have a conversation that I wanted to have, but we had a conversation with two people that I really love, the guys. I genuinely consider them to be friends, the guys from Clerically Speaking, and um, I thought it was fine. I thought it was an intense episode, I, I uh, and I, I I want to be very clear here. I do not want to speak for them in the sense that uh, I, I just I don't want to... Um, put words in their mouth, and I, I, I want to. Uh, if they want to talk about it, that's fine. If they don't, that is also fine. So we have, so we um, have the conversation. It's not the conversation that I really I um, wanted to have, but it was a tough one. But I thought, it, like, I thought that overall it was good, and I kind of um walked away, and I had the feeling of like, eh, it was good. It wasn't really um what I wanted, but like, you know, we all like th- that that happened so many times. <laughs> but we Gomer emoted. <laughs> no,
1: no, 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 it wasn't like, what I like, wanted, like, but
0: Gomer emoted. No, that's not that's not what I meant. No, I know. It just um, it 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 I I, I at about halfway through when we were getting to the real heavy stuff, I had this lot of like I want to ask them about like what makes a good lay person. I want to talk about the other side of this, and we and we just rec- and we started very very late, and we never got a chance to do that. And th- we when we record. About half the time I I, I really um walk away and I think that was a really good chat with people that I like if it's our guest or if it's you know whoever or, or if it's just us but very rarely do I go oh that was really good and it's not because of you or that like you're bad it's really always for the most part because of me on the episodes where p- people give me say oh look I really liked how honest you were how you know how like, vulnerable you were I tend to feel Gross! After those episodes, yeah, it's a little too. bit weird. Too. And you do a phenomenal job in editing of trying to find what's the what's like like what's the um, common what's um what's the real podcast here. So you like you always and for, for about the past year, it's been a good half. It's been a good half hour. It's been up to an hour or more in the past. Um, but you do a great job editing. You have you are you have never been better when it comes to Thank how you, you edit now. That makes my heart happy. Yeah, no, you do a very good job. I first um, noticed it when we had the Crunch guys on, and I just remember being like, "This sounds good." Like it just like it sounded like a good, like um, I mean, just the just the quality. Of the audio and just how you have the conversation, I'm work. I was like, "This is so much better than that episode that no one will hear." We, <laughs> we got drunk. <laughs> Those and effing gifts like from the The thirty-year-olds just drank too much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the funny thing about you making that comment, you said to me that that was one of the best, like, just audio-sounding episodes. Is every single episode from that point on? It was just how I had things tweaked, and I think it was also because I got my new iMac or um, MacBook Pro all the editing that i do is exclusively on the macbook pro and i it's literally just that original file with a save as save as save as because i'm like i don't <laughs> want to screw anything up i don't even know what i did but the um, the big thing the big thing with the editing that a lot of a lot of people don't realize is it's not taking out chunks like a, a lot of our patreon fans would be like i would love to hear an unedited version. And it's like, you really wouldn't because, yeah, yeah, because it's one thing to have a conversation. It's another thing to put a conversation on display. And I tell this to people all the time. Like when I'm, when I'm doing a talk in front of a camera, it's different than when I give a talk to a room full of people, even if I'm recording it in front of a camera. like you, you play to different audiences in different ways. And, um, that involves the editing because if, if I'm live with someone we can have a feedback. We can have a reciprocation. I'm, I'm looking at their body language or tone or inflection, but then when I'm thinking like, hey, this is a third party that's going to be a part of this that might not be thinking about that stuff, that's where I start the editing process, so –
0: Appreciate, it. yeah, I yeah, know. So, and and I uh, want to be clear. I don't want to make this a pity party for us. I just kind of want to clear the air a bit. Okay, so we have the episode. It was recorded. I'm late. I didn't really think anything of it. Like after we were done, it's like, okay, you know, it's good, but it'll like uh, he'll find the sweet stuff and it'll be good. And then I see it. So it was delayed about a day, and that's fine. That th- that happens. And um, I see the tweets when we started. When it when it Out, and I tend to trust our friends. There's a few people who I always like to know. Like, I I take what they say, and I go, Oh, like, if they say anything about us, I take it seriously. And it was, uh, it was, um, Katie Umruvi, I forget her last name, um, who we we had on a couple uh, weeks ago. And she was like, Oh, this is so painful. This is, I'm so awkward. I was like, Wait, what? And I kind of knew that at one point in time, like, you know, we had there was a great um we had um Father Anthony he apologized on behalf of all priests and I was like profoundly moved by that uh, it was awesome. In my own heart. awesome it was incredible and then you kind of um responded with like i think you were coming from a place of um here's the wounds i have experienced as a lay employee of the church and here's my um, frustration and it's been really i mean it's it's so um, and I, I don't want to speak for them. I don't want to put their stuff out. I think yeah. they took it differently than I thought we did, than I thought that they did, and I never realized it. And I just want to apologize because I, if I hadn't known that, I would have stopped the conversation and either just, like, hashed it out and we wouldn't have put it out or we would have um, made it the point of the show. And they brought up, and, and, like, why they were uncomfortable about it and, like, the things that really upset them. They had some really good like i, I it's points that i had never um, thought of before. And I think we don't give priests enough credit. And i and i've and i've talked with i actually spoke with Father Anthony on the phone and we have had like multiple text um, conversations and and stuff. So we're fine. Like it's i really i, I still feel terrible. And I genuinely hope I haven't lost friends. I don't I don't think we have, but this is the first time i've ever felt bad about a thing that we've done, which is saying something. <laughs> and um and
1: who would have thought it was pe- me that did it?
0: <laughs> I know. need was one time when some poor guy in DC when it was on the panel. I forget his name, and we basically um, made up. And I kind of and I did it like I did. Oh, I, yeah. I, um, I um, did apologize, but it like I remember when he first emailed me after I had said I was like I don't feel bad about this. I was, like, <laughs> and I, but I and and then I'm um, down the road, I was like you know what I could have. I don't feel bad about my first my about my first illustration. I wish I would have talked with him about it first. Anywho. We've had a lot of good, good responses to that episode, and I really appreciate what everyone has said. I, I, I called you and I said let's just pull it, and then we kind of decided not to because uh, when I asked when I asked um, Father Anthony, he said that it was fine. And again, I don't want to speak for them, so I'm not, I'm not going to say too, too much of what they told me because I want to one, I'm keep it private because they are our friends, and I also don't want to speak on their behalf. Um, but it's not worth it to me to have an episode like that, that people enjoy, that got stuff out there that they wanted to hear if it made our friends upset. Like the, like the people who are on the
1: show. Yeah, let me, let me, let, bit... let me speak to yeah, that. Go, yeah, like, go, go, go. go. Uh, Father Anthony and Father Harrison are incredible priests, and their podcast is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it's been edifying to me, and I'm sure it's been edifying to tons of people. And coming from the perspective that I shared I said beforehand that I don't think the answer is the laity because the laity were going to screw it up just as much as anyone else. And then afterwards I said, and I thought I was really clear, like I was speaking from a place of frustration, but I was also like exaggerating some of what I was saying for the sake of like Mm -hmm. really hammering the points home. And then I kind of ended it, like, the, the, the notion of it with saying, like, I don't know how, because I love the priests and I love the bishops, I don't know how to do what they're asking, what people like Bishop Aaron are asking. Hold our feet to the fire. How do I hold your feet to the fire, you know, in, in order – like, I don't know Pope Francis. He's not – he's clearly not going to do anything about the McCarrick stuff. He has said nothing. He's done nothing. It's been, what, a year and a half or whatever. That and is – yeah. You know, and and that breaks my heart because it's an it's an American church thing. Now, from that perspective, like it's I kind of feel like what you feel like. Like I'm not sorry for a single word that I said, but I am sorry that it kind of it kind of became the thing that I hate, which is like almost an exhibitionism. Like you two priests who aren't allowed to say anything back, let me yell at you for a while, and yeah. So and- it's like the heart of me, like that is a part of the frustration. And the funny thing. I think you were kind of going in this direction but the funny thing is those who work for dioceses and those who have or have or are currently and those who work in parishes in the past or are currently they all wrote to us being like oh my gosh you said exactly what I've been thinking oh my I've had I've had four priests reach out to me saying how you articulated it is how I felt when I was an associate pastor I'm looking at an email right now that's saying the exact same thing but and I and I Right, but what I'm saying is my – no, what I'm saying is I wish – like, I didn't know it was going to go there, which is probably why it was more emotional than it should have been, is that we weren't intended – like, the part of the show was to talk about, like, the crazy juxtaposition that our modern times has forced us into, and the idea was, like, all of a sudden we wake up and the world shifted and we're the same, and we touched on that a little bit. That was supposed to be kind of the point. But, it, you know, it became this other thing where it was like lay professionals who have suffered at the hands of the clergy almost feel like they have no recourse, right? Now, someone like Father Harrison and Father Anthony, they they are the types of priests that you can go to and say the things that are on your heart and on your mind. And so, you know, my, my fear is that it, felt, it, it sounded like to people – and, and my, my biggest fear is it would ever sound like to them that I was taking liberties with their ability to be that kind of listening priest that I like turned them into a human punching bag because I have my one of my wife's friends was like, wow, Gomer really went after him. And my wife kind of explained some of the stuff that I was going through. And then she just said, OK, that makes sense. And I'm, you know, I'm looking at this email right now from a priest and he just basically says, what you are saying is how I felt as an associate underneath other pastors. And St. Anthony kind of, or St. Anthony, Anthony, Father Anthony kind of alluded to not entirely that, but you know, his idea was like, when I become a pastor, I hope not to replicate those things. So it's like, like these men who are true men of God, which is why I asked them to bless us at the end. Um, these men are the most amazing priests who I know can hear me, it was never meant to be, like, I kept saying, you, 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 and I meant that, and this is the, just the me being an idiot and overly emotional and dramatic, but the whole idea was me saying you was not you, these two men I'm talking to, but, like, my struggles with priests that I've had while traveling and giving talks and doing events and all I this stuff. If, huh. I never
0: thought of it, like, because I was, yeah, hmm. Well, I mean, and I, I, and I,
1: yeah. Sorry.
0: I, I did not mean to cut you off there. I just you, you said a thing and it, and it caused me to, to react. ADHD. Um, I, uh, I I do think we should not have. Um, and I I I I I had never um, thought of this. And I I, I don't know if, I don't know why, but we we kind of put them in a no win um situation there. You know where in the sense of like they're having like because and again I, I I really and I don't want to. Like analyze this too much. I just I do want to speak to it because okay, here's what I don't want. Here's what we were not trying to do. Here's what I, I this was not priest against the against the lady. That was yeah. not our intent. Not even that's close. not what yeah. we want. Not like and there are some people saying that's what we were doing. And I don't know. And if we did, I'm sorry. That that is like I'm never ever ever in in a million years would that be a thing that we would that yeah. we would want or think or and this is why I'm like. This is why I'm sad about all this because yeah. what I'd hoped would be a thing where we could kind of speak to the pain that's going on in, in the church right 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 now. I, I don't know if that actually happened. Turns out Gomer has a lot more pain than he thought. <laughs> no, but, and, and and that's and that's yeah. you know and that's like this is where I this is where I blame I blame on myself because where I screwed up was I should have realized that. And I didn't I, know instead that. Instead of it? trying yeah. to no, no, but like I should have taken the conversation a a a, a different way based upon how you reacted. No, I don't even think you were really uh, you were really like reacting to what he had just said. I think you were just trying to say like, here's where I'm coming from with this. And I wish I had I had gone. Oh, wow, that's really that's too very that's like two two very interesting um things to hear back to back. Let's kind of explore that. And I think if we had, it would have been a much different um a much different conversation and i i just uh i don't they we put them in a no win on the
1: situation let me just clarify something real quick i am not anti-clerical i'm not anti-priest and i'm certainly not anti clerically speaking podcast with father anthony and father harrison those two priests are amazing men of god and they made me feel because they are awesome because they are true fathers and true men and real men that I could unburden myself as a layperson who's worked for the church for the better part of 15-plus years. Um, and there's a reason why all these people started messaging us saying like, "Yes, yes, yes." But then a lot of other people started messaging us saying, "What the hell? No, no, no." I understand where everyone is coming from, because if you've been involved with working for the church, you can sense this deep interior frustration of laity who are on fire yet find so many fire extinguishers in the clergy. That's not to say. That's not to say at all that all clergy are like this. That's not to say at all that, um, that only the clergy are like this because, I, I, you know, I, this is the problem. I thought I made it clear on the show, but apparently I didn't. My deal is my deal. And those men are so uh, awesome. This is the part – this is the messiness of trying to have conversations about this because in my entire life, I have never said the things that I said on that podcast Two priests. I have vented over beers with laity, and they're all like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." It wasn't supposed to be a, a suffering competition, and who has it worse? In my heart of hearts, I felt like, "Wow, for the first time, priests honestly want to listen." But to our audience, and 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 maybe to others, they felt like, "Wow, Gomer's really like, you know, going after him needlessly." So let me—I just want to clear the air in that regard. It wasn't planned, it wasn't scripted, uh, and it was, like, super emotional for me because of a lot of of reasons. So I never want to come across as anti-clerical. But the problem is, once we, like, I don't know how to navigate these things without going too far to someone. Because the moment you begin speaking like, yeah, here's the wounds that the clergy have given me or a clergy member has given me, you know, it it sounds like I'm making it us versus them, and I and I never want to because you know for every little bit that a lay professional worker is suffering, you know you don't know like 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 Father Anthony said you know ten times <laughs> the suffering is happening with McCarrick like I, I I talk about McCarrick all the time and how it ruined a lot of ministry. And you can only imagine what that would do for priests, because he did abuse priests and seminarians, not laity. So I want to pull back a lot from the from the drama surrounding that last episode. It wasn't my intention to cause drama. It was kind of my intention to like be provocative and then back off, which I thought I did, but clearly I didn't. So I'm sorry, y'all. I am not anti clerical, and I'm certainly not anti clerically speaking. I will walk over. I
0: it's where you were going.
1: I, I will. Where going. I will walk over broken glass barefooted before i say something negative about father anthony and father harrison they are amazing priests that's why i love them good luck editing that part of the show yeah zip zip
0: zip zip zip. gomer loves all zip 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 (laughs) zip. (laughs) so where the hell do we go from there Is there something interfering with your happiness or is it preventing you from achieving your goals? Well, I started going to therapy probably about maybe four months ago, maybe three months ago, and I just kind of realized that healing is something that the Lord wants us to receive, but healing is always an invitation from God. Quite often, he asks people to to, take a step out. We
1: have to take action, and a great way to do that is through a group called BetterHelp. BetterHelp can assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. This is not a crisis line. It is not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. The service is available for clients
0: worldwide. You can log into your account anytime, and I'm going to send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule a weekly video or phone obsession, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. Those are weird, as with traditional therapy.
1: BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so that they make it easy and free to change counselors if you feel like you need to. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is indeed available. BetterHelp H E L P wants you to start living a happier life today. You can go to betterhelp.com slash reviews and read some of the testimonials that are posted daily. So this is what we're gonna do. We have a special offer for podcast listeners. You get ten percent off your first month at BetterHelp H E L P. BetterHelp.com slash Foxes. You go to slash foxes and you will get 10% off your first month. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional counselor. com slash foxes. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring
0: this episode of Catching Foxes. I'm tired of cursing. Can I just say it? I, I you know, so... I'm as I do, this is just becoming Luke's just comments on on Catholic on Catholic on the Catholic stuff. Oh, you should know episodes, but um, I was I'm listening to to their show and I was like, you know, I I was such a breath of like it was such a breath of um fresh air. I don't know if you've heard their I don't know if you've heard their oh. own last episode, but you absolutely should. It's w- w- wonderful. It's about on um, politics and everything that is currently um, that is currently. Going on. And I don't know what else to do. Besides keep talking about this. Because this is really, really bad. And I emailed a father. Uh, I emailed a father. Um, John Nepple about this. And I just said. What I really loved about that episode was. I am so desperate. For just a little bit of. Like real humanity. Because everything now. Is just freaking awful. And I don't want to be the person. Who's angry all the time. I don't want to be the. Pr- I don't like. I. I'm so disgusted by how Taylor Marshall has radicalized people and the way that I like people have trade. I saw a person insult one of the bravest people I know because he had a Washington, D.C. area code. And I'm just like, what the heck is wrong with you? Like, how do how do we get so radicalized that we just hurl insults at people we don't know because they make a comment we don't like? Like, when did the gospel become about this? And it just feels so, all of it, like, feels so unbelievably gross. I don't want to even vote. I'm going to, and I don't, and I think I know how I'm going to vote now, but I'm not going to tell one freaking person because, uh, because, I'm a, because, like, I'm a, none of you deserve to know who, who I vote for. And I, I'm not telling anyone. I'm not telling, I'm telling Aaron, and that will be, she will be the only person who knows who I vote for. And maybe I'm Kevin Hyder and you, because, like, I just, um, I don't want to be judged. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to go through any of the crap that I. Like we're we're all treating each other like garbage, and we have lost our humanity, and the church is suffering because of it. The thing about the Catholic stuff episode that I just like um loved was you know um Father Goble had this comment where he was like we don't do ads. Um. Well, we don't do any of this stuff, and I was like, "Is he talking about us?" But I don't. I don't. Uh, 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 I don't. I don't think he was, because he was like, "I listened to the longest podcast of the day. It was the Joe Rogan Show or something like that." I was like, "Oh, he's never heard us then." But um, my <laughs> my point though is that um, I would rather not do this podcast. I loved. Uh, I, I would okay. Let me let me I'll back up. I would rather that this podcast just be um, you and me talking about the stuff that we want to talk about. Just the, I want to talk about a Marvel movies, and I want to talk about God and where those things overlap. And I'm so tired of talking about Taylor Marshall, and I'm so tired of talking about Church Milton and everything that's going on. But I don't know what else to do because it keeps getting so bad, and the way that people are treating the church. They are. I had a conversation today at work. I want to tell you. I want, I, I want you to tell me what do you think about this? Could you explain, um, like, so I want to make sure that I get this right. That right around the time of Aquinas, you have this like change where people were like uh, they were like realist or something, and it was like the world uh, the world um, was a thing to be understood, and like if you had a if you had a uh, if you had a tree, a tree had its treeness, and it was this thing outside of you and then you had people who started to impose like their their understanding onto other things, so you are what I think you are or something like that, or like you are a you are a thing as so far as to understand what you are i forget what, I forget what that term
1: is so like, i mean no no no, no like, like, wait, wait 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 I think it's like nominalism or something, yeah, so the movement yes. was from platonic idealism the tree is fine but it's the real tree is tree-ness it's the divine yes, idea yeah, of a yeah. tree and then aristotle comes along and he says no the tree-ness is in, is stamped on every really existing tree so the form is in the thing it's not some form in it's not some divine idea the divine idea is in the thing itself that's the um, uh, that's the aristotelian turn and that's what Aquinas fought for, the goodness of real things right in front of your face. Face. Wow, I burped when I said that. Uh, we, I, I just gave a little talk on that called the Hohenstaufen Spirit, which is like this kind of cultural renaissance that was happening um, right alongside, and not caused by, but right alongside Aquinas and Aristotle, which is like, like the Augustinian Platonism of like, hey, fire is good because it has the properties like this that point to God. And it's like, well, can't fire just be good because it's fire? And so it was this movement to, like, can't we just the natural thing be good in itself because it exists? And that's definitely an Aristotelian to thing. But then after him, William of Ockham, who gives us Ockham's razor, that's where you, where you go into what, what um, we call the Via Moderna, the modern way, which is nominalism. There is no really existing thing that has its own nature or essence. We just come up with a name for it. It's just a fluttering of the lips. Right? We just slap whatever term we want on that. And that is the via moderna. That's the modern way, right? That's our imposition onto matter instead of a contemplative look at matter. So, hear me out. That is
0: so built into, as, you know, Americans, people of the West, it's so built into our, like, who we are, our psyche, that that's how we treat the church. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. I don't, like, it's not this thing to be received. It's this. I'm a, it's this thing that has to be what I wish you were, or what I think you should be. And like tough shit. You don't like Francis? Tough fucking shit. Like I know. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want to curse. I just did that. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm trying to not, not but, but like. It just becomes this like argument where I'm like, he's the Pope. It doesn't matter what you think. Like, you gotta be you gotta be obedient. You have to be a receptive to the church. Like, we need the magisterium. Even if you don't like him, we need him. And the church isn't a thing that you impose your will on or that you think should be like this. Like, and it um when we do that every like it's not real it's just this false it's this false like piety that i'm, I'm so tired of it like so like the church just almost doesn't even seem real right now not, not, sorry not not the church but like the dialogue around the church seems like we're just arguing about about ideas and it all feels incredibly almost fake and shallow and it's just filled with pride because instead of being open instead of being a receptive to who the church is, the bride of the bride of um, the bride of Christ, the gift that he is um, given to us to experience him in this world, we are just so mad that it's not what we think it it um it should be that we are unwilling to just like we are t- we are becoming cannibals and we're just killing each other. oh <sighs> Luke, I' right, right.
1: So my brilliant insight. I'm I'm hey, You're so down to earth, you're earthy. I it smells ag- like mushrooms and a tinge of orange peel. <laughs> like my garbage can. I have a very strong agreement with what you're saying because I feel like You know, the greatest satanic counterfeit of the 80s, 70s, and 80s, and 90s was the rad Trad movement because it broke people away, specifically through the SSPX, because it broke people away from functioning within the diocese. But so many of those people felt like they could no longer function in the diocese. You know, I have a friend who um, can't stand the sound of crappy praise and worship music at mass. Because they've tasted and seen what a decent mass should be, what a good mass should be, and what a sublime mass should be that the – what does what Matt The banal mass, right? The the stuff of, um, you know, the, the, the bad praise and worship on and on, whatever, so hurts her that she can't even pay attention to mass. But if it was just a said mass or if it was just, you know, in and out, she'd be fine. And it's one of those things that I don't think we're giving credence to. Like I, like I just said, the satanic counterfeit is come, O Traddy, abandon the fight for a better church and just go and start your own, right? Like it's the Martin Luther heresy, right? Like come, come away, come away. And instead of fixing what's wrong, blame them, and then you go start your own thing. I, I think like my frustration with Pope Francis is the frustration of a son not the frustration of an onlooker from a distance and i never ever ever want to be anywhere else other than you know maybe not frustrated right like there are times when pope francis says things that i'm like i have i have no idea how you can come to that conclusion based on what the what the church is teaching or i don't know where you're going with this and then you just got up and left the room, and you're not explaining. Like, we talked about that. But in no way, shape, or form do I think Pope Francis is not the legitimate pope of the church. And for all of those people who are ready to savage him with their hot takes, that, that honestly, I said that to the class at St. Mary's Catholic Center. I said, we were talking about politics, and I said, I had to get off Twitter because I knew that I was on a path, that I was going to go to hell for all eternity because of my hot takes. And I know that there are some people that I've poisoned because of my hot takes. I don't want to be that guy anymore. I I really don't. I I honestly mean that, even though me and you become that on the podcast. Uh, I fear a church that completely despises, even if they're orthodox 100%, that despises a sitting pope.
0: I I just feel like we're turning into the – this is probably just because I heard that podcast. We're turning into the Salem – which um which trials like there there is a theory as to why did that happen well it's really because the puritan experiment was dying and that they heard they were the ones who heard the city on a hill speech and they were trying to live that out it was the death of a, it was the death of like theocracy in america and uh they turned on each other because they were going through these horrific wars and they thought they were god's chosen people and they were just being brutalized and they just turned on each other. And I, 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 I see it. I just – and I, I – I, I, Sam Rocha. Sam Rocha has some really good stuff that he's that he's – I'm saying that I probably, you know, has to be said. And I just can't stand it because of just my issues with him in college. And I just don't want to hear it. And I just like unblocked his and I and I like unblocked his profile because I, I did not want to see it. I just didn't want it kept um, popping up because he's now a person that people are, are I'm talking about a lot with with like his um you know t- insights. And I was like the last person I ever want to see or hear from again is mm-hmm. Sam Rocha. And he <laughs> saw that like I unblocked him. Uh, this is on the Catching Foxes account and on my own. Because again, just because I just I, I just I just didn't want to hear it. I just didn't want right. to deal with it. And he, like, got all – and, like, he took, like, a screenshot of it and, like, why would they do this and blah, 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 blah. And I was so mad. And I was like, I I don't want to waste time on this. Like, Sam's probably a good dude. I just have my own issues from him in college. And I guess I've never gotten – I guess I never – I mean, I haven't thought about him in 10 years. You know, so it's like – and I I, I hate myself for wanting to fight back. just for the stuff that he – like, because of my own, like, like I just – because of whatever from college and for some odd reason there was just a thing about him i just had a very hard time with Mm. and um i know exactly why but um i'm like you know what i'm just not going to engage with it because i can't because it it takes me to a place i don't want to go and i don't want to be this person i don't want to be i don't i am so sick like the i think why i'm so upset with all of the fighting that is going on, it's because it is pulling us away from reality, and we need like we need humanity so badly right now because we're being we're being like, denied it in a lot of and I I don't mean this in a bad way I just I'm, I'm saying like we're going through a pandemic right now People with minds are kind of screwed up Our like humanity is kind of. Being robbed of us right now, and you could and you could like argue it's a good thing that it's happened because we don't want people to die. Blah 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 blah. I'm not going. I'm down there. I'm just, I'm just I'm saying this is the price we're having to pay to try to get to try to get. i through. This is our humanity's being robbed, and so everything. I'm just noticing everything just feels so fake, and I love that Catholic. I love that Catholic. A, I love that Catholic um, stuff because. Because it wasn't, because they went to the heart stuff, and, and and they said things that were that were really on their hearts, and they were very important things, and it was like a, it was like a dive into a cool pool and on a hot on a hot July day,
1: like <laughs> July, you know, and it,
0: July. It just, and I'm i remember like this shouldn't be happening, like like this is, um I don't know how you can watch certain things. And if it gets you so mad, how does it over and over and over and over again? How does it draw you? And just how does it not make you bitter? And then just, uh, 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 and then um, lash out on people you don't know.
1: I'm going to give you a pro tip, Luke. I'm going to give all of our audience a pro tip. Whenever you're feeling so overwhelmed with all this stuff, the feasting on the rage, you got to go to YouTube, you got to type in the detail geek. And you got to watch this incredibly handsome Canadian man from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, with a beautiful voice, (laughs) detail a car. He just vacuums, he sprays shampoo, (laughs) and you're sitting there and you're watching it and you think, why am I watching this? Why is this 30 minutes long? Why have 5 million people watch this episode (laughs) of this man clean this car? And then it's 32 minutes have passed and you're like, oh my gosh. That was an excellent cleaning job he did. I'm going to go pray in the rosary and go to bed. And all of a sudden things are peaceful. Things are peaceful, Luke. <laughs> things are beautiful. Mm,
0: I uh that's why I think I loved Ted Lasso so mm. much was it was the real death of the anti-hero and I don't want to see any more things with anti-heroes.
1: Oh, we need a break. We need, we need a break. such a break. Like
0: I don't like you know I really I didn't realize how much I like that show. How much
1: of it was so needed? Just the positive. What what is the deal? He's a good guy that's...
0: Okay, so here's actually the... Taking a break in the world
1: today. Sure could help a lot. A
0: lot. (laughs) Everything you got. There you go. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows. I was trying to do the flaming um, version, but I forget. Okay, so... What is um Ted Lasso? So uh Jason Um Jason like uh, Jason Sue and Brendan Hart are I think it's either um, i either um Brendan or i um Brendan Hart, it doesn't matter. Were they grew up in the improv like sketch I'm a comedy? I think they were yeah, they would be sketch comedians like group. They're kinda like I'm a, they were um, like a certain air together. Them and Um Seth Myers and Bill Hader and all those guys. So they had a character that was this, that was an American, an American football coach trying to understand European soccer. Mm, and okay. so when NBC got the rights to English Premier League, they said, "Hey, we actually have this character. Would you guys um want to um, use him as like as part of their marketing?" They d- did, and it was a really big hit. Okay. And so they then developed a. TV show for that, which I didn't know. So like everyone at first thought, wow, they're going to make a they're going to make a show based off of a commercial. How is that going to go? And it turns out it's incredible, and 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 really makes a lot of sense now because they have been workshopping this for you know two decades or something. It is so the coach is unbelievable. He's he's a type of coach who. Is his whole thing is to just be a, like a really um nice guy, and he wants to really um, coach his, Um, he wants like he wants to um, help develop men or help help develop individuals as a, as opposed to being this um douchebag coach who just like screams and yells. Yeah, and he's such a br- I, you need to watch it. It's v- pretty vulgar, so don't watch it with any with any of the kids around. Uh, and there's a few. almost sex um they're, they're having almost sex scenes, but there's definitely a lot of talking about it here and there because that's okay. what the British love. Um, and, but it, <laughs> they it, it sure was, do. So polite. Um, th- th-
1: uh,
0: the showrunner is the guy who did Scrubs, and so it. It's just it's so positive, and the characters are actually. Uh, Their characters are very deep, and people are actually trying to become better individuals. It's so sad that it's gotten to this point where I'm like, this is the show I need, and I'm almost weeping. Mm
1: -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I I think the anti-hero has been so done to death that within our culture, because there's, like, but this speaks to, like, the last decade-plus of cultural malaise that we've been in, if you look at our art, right? Like, embracing constantly the anti-hero, I think really says a lot about your culture, right? Like, makes me nervous that, you know... Who do we look to as our protagonists? Someone slightly less evil than the people they shoot in the face. I really do, like, heroes with flaws. I just had this discussion with someone about um, Harry Potter and that bo- uh, that um, article from um, author Michael O'Brien on the paganization of childhood heroes or whatever. And my problem with it was, like, the modern turn of a lot of writing and, and movie production around protagonists... Is essentially like trying to make it as realistic as possible, but the problem is like when you want to make Superman realistic, why the hell is he so brooding and dark? And like, we live in a culture where Superman's a freaking antihero, like a borderline antihero. And it's like, wh- 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 why is that? Why is it that unless something is adult and dark, we can't find enjoyment in it, enjoyment in it? And I think a big part of it is because you know, comic books and stuff were for thirteen-year-olds. And now they're the entire movie industry. And so they need to have more adult themes. But, you know, you're right. Like, we do. We need not flaw... I'm, I'm literally reading a, a book right now, and I'm a completionist. I ha- if I start a book, I have to finish it, even though I hate myself for that. I can't stop it. And I'm reading one of these science fiction books, and it's written... It's in a series that I like, but it's written by uh, an outside author. And I'm like, this main protagonist is so boring because he has no flaws. He's perfect. He's boring. Like, I don't give a crap about him. There's no struggle. He just gets it and gets everything and fixes everything. And, oh, no, there's an insurmountable. Nope, not for him. And that it becomes boring. But, like, I want a hero with flaws. I want someone who's striving to do the good. And that, it's like we don't even know how to talk about that anymore.
0: Maybe we don't. And that's, that's what's great about all the shows. He's going through some really hard stuff. And it just shows his – and he's not a perfect person. But it shows his – like he still tries, and I, as a person who tends to be more on the negative side, I really am trying. Like honestly, yeah, this show has inspired me to try to be more positive. Like,
1: I truly mean that. <laughs> and so, uh, who's positive in the show? The coach. He's trying to be positive. He's always on
0: positive. He's always upbeat. He's always happy. He kind of like he's in a that, fake like, way, on a the silly Midwestern, way, or what? No, like an absolute, like a real way. But like okay. um he's very earnest, and so he has this you know he's kind of like a he has he um he has what I would call he's from the midwest, but has a tinge of a as a tinge of a southern drawl oh, okay, you know, and uh just he's he just he's a kind of a football coach that they do that they do exist. I never had a coach unlike like that, but you wish you did, and i've heard <laughs> about these guys that they're really fun to play for where they're just it's not about screaming and yelling it's about trying to build better people and to just be so to just be trying always to be a good person Mm. and so and it also shows like what are the drawbacks of that at times as 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 well but it's it's yeah so anyways i i really i almost wanted to write a a on the medium article about the death of the about called uh ted lasso and the death of the anti-hero that's awesome but I'm tired.
1: i got a plot this way. I think you're going to delight in this segment. Okay. okay, number one, I just want to remind you that my wife has doubled, if not tripled down, in NASCAR. Okay? So not only are we watching the Saturday or Sunday, I don't even know what days they all blend together races, while I'm trying to detail my car because I watched a YouTube video and now I have a new hobby. Uh, <laughs> I, I was waiting. I'm like, holy crap, I've been cleaning my car for four hours. and Now I'm going to go clean my wife's car. i got to tell Luke. I got another, I got religious about something. I watched a 30 minute video and now I have opinions on detailing. (laughs) Is it the chemical guys or Meguiar's? Oh, I have opinions on which Walmart brand I'm going to (laughs) buy. Oh, crap, Luke. I'll tell you where to get the best microfiber towels. Anywho, the, uh, (laughs) gosh, I'm so pathetic. I even bought. Drill brushes for my drill. What is wrong with you? I got problems. <laughs> I need to do something physical to get me away from my clericalism. but, but the... why you have woodworking. What happened to that? It's so expensive. <laughs> this is just cleaning and spraying bottles. And my car was dirty. I just needed to clean it.
0: So, But no, this is so us. Like, here's the thing I have to do. Well, now I'm going to try to become an expert in that because I can't just undo um, it, you know, and be done with it. And I'm going to pretend I'm an ultra learner. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with that? I took a PowerPoint you? class because I didn't want to do PowerPoint because it had been a while ever since I had done a real PowerPoint. And I was like, well, I should just take this class on on, on umlinda.com. This eight-hour class here, that should help me with this. I'll do it on
1: double speed. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I had a three-year subscription to Lynda.com and have certifications on all sorts of Microsoft products. <laughs> Look at my Lincoln profile. Have I used them since? No. But I spent $400 to get them. Yikes. Listen, yeah. <laughs> that, like, this is why Clash of Clans pays off. Uh, yeah, no kidding. So I have an update. I have a sports ball update for you.
0: Oh, all okay. right. Give me
1: a sports ball update. So, okay, you're I excited have...
0: about uh, Des playing for Bar for um, Barcelona. I said it the right. Better, way. better, better. There's an American who played for um, Barcelona. It's very Barcelona, Barcelona. So,
1: um, Luke, you know that I have four children: two girls, two boys, in that order. I've heard. My oldest is kind of a natural at gymnastics. And then I have my other three who are all good at gymnastics. My son, Noah, is one of those kids who's just supernaturally very strong, like muscular. They did this competition where they were hanging from rings, and you had to put your legs straight out from your body, right? So you're hanging, and yeah, you have your yeah. legs straight. And he was competing against a much older boy, and he was hanging. And they thought, oh, no, here goes it. He's going to fall. He's going to fall. And Noah just – Took his one arm down and hung there with one arm and shook out one arm and then grabbed it and then shook out the other arm. He's like, what? He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Are there other people here? Um, (laughs) No, it's so funny to see his natural athleticism. Look at his abs, ladies. (laughs) It's so funny to see his natural athleticism. Well, Noah and Thomas asked if they could sign up for soccer. YMCA soccer, you know, non-competitive skills learning, you know, whatever. But they do a lot of games and stuff like that. So they practice on Wednesdays, games on Saturdays. And that's also the same time they have gymnastics, so sometimes we're, like, running all over the place. Hilariously, my daughter Cecilia, my sweet, sweet Cecilia, that we've had a lot of um, struggles with in terms of her anxiety, general Anxiety disorder and other things like that. We are fully investing in my daughter to get her healthy, get her happy, you know. And she's doing great right now. She's doing so great. Um, she wasn't doing great when she was on some bad medicine. It, like, really, the first set of meds really screwed her up in ways that I don't think me and my wife or her will recover from for years. Like, the things that took place during that time that was tough were so not her- and I don't know how to deal with it. Like, the things we witnessed, like, broke our brains, broke our hearts, things she said, things we said to deal with it. It was, it was awful. And I, I have to say, we have a lot of friends who listen to this podcast who have since gotten in touch with me and said to, to me, if you didn't talk about this, I wouldn't know to get my daughter to a counselor to, ex- like, start testing on generalized anxiety disorder, like, other things. So mm-hmm. if if mm-hmm. – if you have like behavior where your one kid is just like off the charts, like take them to a counselor. Take them, ask questions, because chances are you're not a terrible parent and they're not a terrible kid. There's some third yeah. thing that's really difficult. Yeah. Okay, so that's my yeah. that's my PSA. Now, uh, maybe my daughter easy. was uh, yeah, I know I don't know. What I just did. Maybe my daughter was <laughs> on the spectrum, autism, all this stuff. So we got all these tests done. Thank you, Archdiocese of Galveston Houston, for switching from Aetna that you had the last 15 years to Blue Cross and Blue Shield, because now that my daughter's comfortable with a psychiatrist, now we have to pay 100% out of pocket because you're no longer in network. That's great. I love it. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. We're taking out a mortgage on our home. It's fine. Um, My daughter, Cecilia, said, I want to play soccer. Okay. That's weird. You've never voiced any type of desire for that. But we'll go for it. Sign her up. She shows up first day of practice. Two boys, three boys, and her on the same team. And she's like, "Oh no, no!" She immediately hides behind me, and I'm like, "No, babe, I gotta go over with the boys. I, you know, I gotta go do the thing." She go goes over with mommy. She ends up going, and she she like runs, and every like three steps, she would like skip. She would hop like it was It was like all over the place. It was funny. And it was like she was like so excited she couldn't contain herself. But she, we realized she couldn't really run <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a normal kid in a straight line. Like every four steps, she's like, well, now we're going to skip. <laughs> so we were super like, what is it going to look like when she plays a game? First game, you know, it's all the kids, right? At that age, they, there's a ball in the middle of the field. They all run to it. There's a ball over here. They all run to it, you know. Luke, they put her in goalie. This last uh, Saturday. She was in goalie. Number one, she didn't give up a single goal. Number two, she sacrificed. We literally, one of of the moms on the team was filming Cecilia. The ball gets kicked. She runs out of the goal, and she dives on the ground to grab the ball as the biggest player on the other team is coming full speed at her to kick the ball, and she throws her arms and face into the ball And takes a shot right to the face. Ooh. Gets up. I stopped it. Throws the ball. Keeps on moving. (laughs) It doesn't face her. This kid, the same kid, he's got the most powerful leg. He nails the ball. It flies right to the goal and she slaps it away with both hands. She has no idea she did an incredible play for that age group, right? Like this girl destroyed it. And she just looks, she's like, that's awesome. Hi, guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome.
1: And it was, oh, like, that's good, for, it that's, was, that's, a, that's good for you guys. Oh, oh, my gosh. You want to talk about, like. You deserve that. One of the things that you, you realize as a parent, right, and so I'm going to give you some sage advice, Luke, is you're always I looking. For, very much listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You're always, look, <laughs> you're always looking for wins, especially when things are dark. Yeah. You're always looking for wins. And so I told Cecilia, okay, fine, read Harry Potter. I'm not going to make you wait a year. And then she read book one in less than a day. She read book two the next day. Book three, two days later. Book four, you know, book four is the big, meaty one. The first oh of gosh, the big, yeah. meaty ones. Yeah. And yeah. It, took right. her, it took her two days. Whoa. You know, she read it faster than I did. And, and now we... We're, we're on the, the
0: quarantine. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. <laughs> and now we're on the last... I gave her my Kindle because I didn't have a book to share with her because she caught up to her sister. She crushed them all, and now we're on the last movie. Um, on Wednesday night, probably, we're going to watch the last movie. But the, the thing that I'm saying is, like, You will never, you you strive for wins with your kids when things are dark, but your kids are persons who can surprise the heck out of you at like a moment's notice. And, you know, we, I mean, you know, you know more than every listener on this episode, like we went into some really rough patches and it like, like me and my wife were like, like Mm -hmm. bawling in darkness because we didn't know what to do. And to find not only answers, but to see my kids, all four of them, but especially her, come alive in a way that's amazing. Um, like, I'm getting a little choked up now just thinking about it. But, like, it's so beautiful. There's, I don't know another word yeah. to describe it. It's beautiful. And then I'm on the sidelines of my son's game. And the official walks up to me and he says, "Hey, coach,
0: thanks for the game.
1: Wait, are you are you the coach? I'm not the coach, but oh. I yell <laughs> I yell so much during the game that everyone thinks UK. I'm the coach. I hate going to games. With, oh my god! Really I'm not yelling at." Games. No, no, I'm not yelling. At, I'm like, come on, guys, reset. Yeah, that's good. Let's pass. Let's that's not see I mean. You're
0: so unrelentlessly positive during a game. Do you remember that one game between AMDG? There was this group that like hated us, and you tried to throw out candy to the crowd, and we I got did. so mad at you. We're like, no, we well, want to fight them. They I peed them on our couch.
1: I know, I know.
0: I was <laughs> so uh. mad at you.
1: <laughs> no, but it's not that I was so. It's like I like a switch got flipped, and this guy goes. Wow, man, how come how come you're not the coach of the team? I was like, well, I thought I was going to have to travel and I wasn't going to be able to make some of these games. But and, the guy goes, and I'm like, and this coach K, she's one of the YMCA employees. She's really good. She's good with the drills and stuff. I'm not good with that stuff. And, I, and, and they're like, and I go, the funny thing is, I don't give a crap about sports ball in any way. And I was like, it's, and we're all, we're, we're now like the, the people on the team, like some of us have kids in both teams. And so we're like laughing and joking about this stuff. And I'm like, the funny thing is, I don't care about sports at all. But when I'm on the sidelines <laughs> and it's my own kids, the officials yeah. think I'm the coach because I'm like, all right, all right, let's get back on here. Let's reset. Let's come on. We got a whole field. Let's find pass the, the open space. Find
0: the open space. Oh, look, pull, I have s- Pull out that guy. You can expose that space right there. Come on,
1: let's He's get to the middle like- of the field. And my son Noah is is incredible. He's incredible. He scores like That's half cool. the goals. It's awesome actually, to watch um, him.
0: I heard. Uh, I um, this is why I'm a little bit worried about how I'm going to act if if oh God willing, <laughs> Everly plays sports because I've um, uh, heard Bill Simmons uh, talk so like he like he says like, I, I think he said at one point in time he had to like learn how to control it. Because it was like he goes, it's like your favorite um teams all combined in your favorite person. <laughs> what a and great so way to tr- say it! It just trumps like everything else, and you like he's like this is why parents go nuts because it's just they care about them so much, and it and I was like, holy crap! I, I don't I don't you've never um seen me like uh, uh, watch an intense game. It's pretty. I get pretty crazy. I've fallen to my knees, and I've fallen to my knees and screamed when Ohio State beat Alabama. Aaron was so mad <laughs> at me because I drank a little bit too much, but we beat Alabama; and it was a big deal. It was, we, you we know what? So That's on Aaron. That's on SEC Aaron. She and, failed ten for ten years. Yeah, she didn't understand. But I drank a bunch she more. She failed a supportive I, like, life. Oh my gosh! I've stood on top of like tables, bars, um, people.
1: I've their sc- necks.
0: Screamed horrible things.
1: I stood Uh, on the necks of the proletariat just so they could understand my (laughs) soccer team matters. Yeah.
0: Um, Can I tell you about two things that I've been enjoying? Yeah,
1: Yeah, please. Okay, so one,
0: uh, do you remember in college, I don't remember, I had the shirt in high school, I think I may have had it my first year of college, a band called, a pop punk, a pop punk band called Slick Shoes. Uh yeah, that sounds familiar. I think you wore that a, to a one of our forms. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's actually probably true. Um, so they <laughs> j- they kind of have been on like on again, off off again, back back uh, back together since like 2012 or something. And they just put out a brand new album, and it is phenomenal.
1: Hmm. Okay, it's phenomenal, and okay, it's so
0: it is so. If you like pop punk, it is so so. I can't believe it's as good as it actually is.
1: Uh, Pop punk, tough guys with neck tattoos.
0: Is that what we're talking about? No, like pop punk's like Blake 182 kind of thing.
1: Yeah, there's a line from Dropkick Murphy's where he's trashing pop punk. And he goes, pop punk, tough guys with neck tattoos. We're kicking up to Boston. Whoa! <laughs> like, That's their whole audience are people who like that, that kind of
0: music. I know um, it really. That's you guys. I was like, That's, That's you. you yeah. <laughs> um, and then also, I want to uh, just uh, I want to talk about uh, I want to talk about a uh, um, Matt and Emma Frad's podcast. Uh, I oh, listened to a couple episodes of it. It's really good. Stories. Uh, yeah called sibling horror. So it's basically, it's, 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 and it's actually like why I like that Matt is doing this. And I I think it's really cool that it's Matt. I would not have, I mean, (laughs) I, a couple of years ago, I would not have expected this from him. But after getting to know him more, it, it doesn't like he's a really creative dude. Um, that I don't think he gets a lot of credit for that because he does things on that are a little bit more intellectual. But he's like, I mean, he's got on those genes. But I mean, like, and, his sister, who he had on way back in the way back in the in the early days of the podcast, has that in has that in spades. So they have a podcast where it's um, it's like a horror story that they write um together, and it's just you're just hearing this, you're hearing the story on on the podcast, and they're actually pretty cool. And I and uh, yeah, I think it's also good too that like, it's kind of cool because like horror is the is the type of genre when done well is very Christian or you can see a lot of um, Christian themes in it and, and, and stuff. So, uh, they have an episode coming out on Saturday, I think Halloween. So if you are, um, into horror at all, uh, and if you like, and if you like, if you enjoy a, a narrative podcast, check it out. It's really good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've listened to a handful of his sibling horror ones. when you attack them on to, uh, the pints with Aquinas stuff and, uh, through our Patreon page when it comes up and, I always find it so fascinating because horror is one of those things that I am. I don't like horror movies. I don't like gore. I don't like horror movies. But this uncanny Bizarro Valley, like the thing that's like Twilight Zone ish. That's some, that's more their stuff. It's not like gruesome and sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you know it's know. like the it's like the uncanny, creepy, like ooh, like what was that? And it's fascinating the stuff that and and it's so funny because I was just listening to these people talking about important hobbies to have as somebody says, one of the worst things you can do if you want to have a legit hobby is make your hobby, uh, something that builds on your business skills. He said, you either want to have a side hustle that does that or a hobby that has nothing to do with your business life because you don't want it being like more work ever. You don't want it to, it needs to be something rejuvenating. And I said, and they said, you know, maybe something physical, and I was like, "Oh, like woodworking or car detailing or repping, <laughs> coaching my son's soccer team."
0: You're a few steps away from trying to trying to like have a be have car uh, car detailing be like your side job when you can't go and speak. I mean, I'm not going to lie.
1: When I got you ten thousand <laughs> steps, when I got ten thousand steps after just cleaning the car for four hours, I was like, "Oh, this is doable." This is doable. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, what is my problem? But no, I love, I love when the, they do their sibling horror. And he actually, me and him talked about it one time. I think it was like a Patreon episode where uh, we just talked about like how much weird like, angry black backlash he got for doing, like, horror and, like, isn't that weird? But the stuff that he does is, like, such uncanny... value. Like, imagine there's a woman, and she's on us you know, like a swing set in the middle of the night, and you see her out of here And she has long arms that go... And I was like, oh, God. Like, this is just creepy. And he's like, I know! That's what I love about it! <laughs> Ugh. <laughs>
0: Ugh. Oh, I hate... I, I don't mind... It's so funny. I like... Um, do you remember in school? This is when you. This is when you went to school as a kid. Uh, um, they made a movie about this, I guess, a couple of years ago. But do you remember those books? They weren't the R.L. Stein stuff. I can't. They were like scary stories or something for like little
1: kids, for like young no, I mean, kids. It's Not... like when
0: you're like so. There's a, Goosebumps. Nine or ten. I think they were called scary stories. They had and the scary stories I wasn't read. Uh, Font or something like that, red. um, It was in red colored font.
1: Okay, no, I don't remember that.
0: I just love those. I
1: want to say I was in like fourth or fifth grade. So, do you? Okay, so here's another segment of the show, and I need your help in this, Luke. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: Okay, so I have finished the Great Gatsby. Did we ever talk about that? No, we need to do a special uh, thing on that. I don't think we I, – I don't know if I could do a whole show. Okay, we'll, we'll save it. We'll save it. But uh, I finished A Great Gatsby, and then I went ahead and finished uh, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I really Ooh. want to talk about that. That's a novella. I didn't realize it was a novella. I'm like, no, this book's like 300 pages. Oh, it's like seven of his short stories. Got it. I would love to talk about that as well. Um, and then I'm halfway through Canticle for Leibowitz, which is ah. – It really is incredible. The audio, the audible version? Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll explain later. Okay. But um, it is... the audiobook is incredible. It's like a full production. Like, they have multiple... It sounds like they have multiple... The guy must be incredible at doing voices because it sounds like they have multiple people doing different voices, so... Do you want to
0: know when the Two Towers starts to starts to really drag on on um, audiobook? Mm. When you get to the tree beard part.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, That's c- what the movie it's,
0: does. It's just... I love the character, and I love the idea... But oh my gosh, I'm just like this. is just going. Can I ask you a question? Going.
1: Can I ask you yeah. a personal question? Did you listen in yeah. normal speed, like a peasant?
0: No, I've got it on. No, you. I'm so mad at you about this. Yes. but So yeah. I now have it on all my podcasts. I do like the one. It's it's not 1.2, but on um on the Overcast app, I go to like the like uh, I
1: go about two bars in in terms of speed. Oh, so you're like 1.2, 1.3, something like that.
0: Yeah, it's, and I also have it on – because they don't have oh, 10 bars in between, so I'm not sure. But, but then I also do the um, – I do the Smart Speed as well. But Oh, I like so good. So if good. it's like 1.5 or faster, it gets a little bit too fast. But there are some podcasts where just how the people uh, talk. I'm like, there's no way I can um, listen to this. No,
1: like Adam sir, Adam Bishop Baron. Barron. No, sir. You will be yeah. sped up You're to right. 1.9. Like,
0: listen, all Catholic podcasts. Listen. I get it. We're the most unreal podcast out like out there. But in terms of like you know like we're like the Christian band that's like actually kind of good.
1: Um, we're Switchfoot.
0: I'm just kidding. Oh no, we're not.
1: We're Switchfoot. Uh,
0: we're Pod. Let's be let's be real honest here. We had like one good run.
1: Um, <laughs> Dare to move.
0: Uh, we were very fun when we first began. Then got big. Had one. Had like um a one good album and then it was done. It's a lie. Uh that's such, I, mean, I mean, he he can't sing. That's all Pro Tools. Okay, anyways, um, what was I saying?
1: Something I about remember. your
0: penis. Yeah, I don't remember. Ah, uh, um, it's been a hard week, man. This was very good to be able to chat with you. I can keep going for a bit if you
1: want. Were you going to talk about double speed or something? Like you were like Bishop oh, Bear and some Catholic podcast? No, were so just speed amazing.
0: it up. Everyone, speed up your podcast by like nine percent or so. It it makes. All the difference in the world. It's like, just speed it up just a little, bit,
1: little on, bit
0: in your editing. So, I think I think you said um, like you want to do about nine percent, right?
1: You don't ever want to go beyond ten percent if you're if you're doing it for general audiences. It'll yeah, it'll crush say, the like, people uh, who are sensitive uh, to that. I would Three s- to five percent is almost percent, undetectable. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, that's fine. And I don't listen. I'll be honest. I don't listen to any. I'm, 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 I don't listen to any Catholic podcast besides Catholic stuff that we should know and. Uh, the clearly speaking guy. So,
1: all right, let's let's wrap it up, baby bird.
0: Are you good? Are you done? Uh, have you hit that point of the night? I think so. I got a second wind, but I can I can go to bed.
1: Detail geek's not going to watch himself.
0: <laughs> um, uh, just very very quick. I want uh. So last week I began the show by saying, uh, um, hello and welcome, and I just wanted to tell people why I did that really quick. Do, do you mind if I'll, I'll take two minutes of your time? And let me two tell minutes, you. Sir,
1: T- two minutes. Uh, I grant you three, and that was so freaking hysterical, what you said. I am still laughing. I am still <laughs> laughing at how you entered the show, and I want you to do it every time.
0: Okay, well, so, it's actually, this is really sad, but the, so the hello and welcome part comes from the, uh, from a show that you've heard me talk about on this podcast a whole bunch of times, the Total Soccer Show, and the, um, and not like the main guy, there are, uh, Two guys, but a guy who was—I I, believe—he's the one who began the podcast back in back in um 2009. His name is um Daryl Grove. He just um died of cancer. Um, oh, he about, died a uh, week of, Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it I'm was sorry uh, to hear that, man. So this, so it was about um a little over a week ago, I think. Was it over a week? I don't even uh, remember anymore. No, I think I found out on Friday. So it's no, because I I did. I don't know anymore. Um, because I did it on the show. It's like, there's, there is no way. So anyways, uh, yeah, it was really, it's just been really awful. And it just, it's, uh, it always, um, I saw a thing that JD had tweeted a couple of like, actually, I think on that day where it was like the great, it was about how, like on a, when you are on a podcast, it's kind of cool that people feel like they feel like they, yeah. They know you, you know, or you feel like um, you know them to the podcast that you listen to. And I've been listening to the Total Soccer Show since um, late oh, summer, early fall of 2013. And I've probably I've listened to them, you know, two to five times a week. Um, they started going five days a week back in over the summer of uh, 2016. And so they've been like a huge part of my life. And it's just it's I, I was really sad. When I found that out, and it was really, really sad, and it, uh, for a lot of people in the American ump soccer, it's kind of weird because like the like it's it's a very small, a very small fandom still, and it's a very niche, and I would say kind of tight community. I've I've actually I made some friends with people like at the bars that I That's go awesome. and, wa- and watch games with and 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 and, and stuff, and it just. Uh, I don't know. I just wanted to. i to let people know. And so, like, there was a thing where people who had a podcast or a show, they were, they were, because that was the intro that he always did.
1: So how does how does the intro go? What do they do? Hello.
0: So he always goes, um, "Hello and welcome to the Total Omaha Soccer Show." I am joined by a man who, and then he then like has a joke and he says, "Here's my co-host Taylor Rockwell," and so that's why I did
1: it like like that. I'm joined by a man who hasn't eaten a vegetable in three months. Michael Gormley, how are you? <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, yeah, that it was, was so funny. funny.
0: I'm, I'm glad that I, I'm glad it was with them because I think honestly, I, I when I thought about doing that before, I actually almost got like, I, I, I actually cr- like cried a little in my car here. Like it is funny because you hear like a lot of people on other um, soccer, yeah, podcasts have like cried while I'm talking about it, or just people have really. It's just really cool what podcasts can actually be. And it's fun to crap on them and say it's just a bunch of, you know, two white men that are, you know, in their 30s. But it's, it is a wonderful, it's a wonderful medium. we've made a lot of friends because of that. We've, yeah. and God is really unused. Uh, it's really unused what we have done. And it's great when you can experience, when you're on the other end of that, you know. So just wanted to bring that up. That was all.
1: Well, that's cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, head over to where's Maffred's sibling horror stuff. Where's that going to be at? I,
0: I think that's available. So it's I can get it. I've listened to it through the Overcast app. So you can get it anywhere. I think. I think it's on Spotify, all podcasting platforms.
1: Sibling horror. Ooh, sibling horror came up immediately. Some good SEO on that. On uh, I that love Fad that. LLC Short camp. horror stories written by the Frad siblings. I love that. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Awesome. You all have a good one. Siblinghorror.libsen.com. You can find it in the show notes. Thank you
0: to BetterHelp for sponsoring this
1: episode. Yep. We'll and sorry
0: it. to the to the one lady from Par who uh, um, sent us the one email that we didn't understand, so we never got back to her.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: Yikes! <laughs> Choosing to ignore that. <laughs> good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>